This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. The main gallery at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers is currently hosting a solo exhibition of works by Sarasota-based artist Kim McAninch titled It Makes Me Wonder. She's an award-winning expressionist painter with a truly remarkable sense when it comes to her striking use and blend of color. Her paintings are often imbued with a sense of depth and energy stemming from her expert use of palette knives. McAninch seems to prefer working with oil paints, but she employs all sorts of other mediums as well. She began painting full-time in 2012 after a roughly two-decade career as a surface pattern designer, and she's now an award-winning juried member of the National Association of Women Artists. Her work has been featured in solo and group exhibitions at venues in and around Pittsburgh, Chicago, New York, Morgantown, West Virginia, Wellfleet, excuse me, Wellfleet, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Ohio, and of course throughout Florida. Her work can be found in galleries and in private collections all over the world. She's also conducted a number of teaching demonstrations workshops. And the title of this exhibition, it makes me wonder, is at least in part indicative of the artist's curiosity about the personal experiences that everyone who comes to see her work will add to each painting. The exhibition runs through January 27th, and now the artist herself joins me live in studio. Kim McCannage, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Wow, thank you very much. Everything you said really pleases me. Oh, good. (laughs) It's very kind. Well, to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, you can find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On X, formerly known as Twitter, we're at WGCU. Use the hashtag GCL. So, Kim, contemporary landscape painter, expressionist, multimedia multimedia visual artist, how do you prefer to define your approach? I think Exactly what you said. All of those things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when I experienced the exhibition uh, earlier this week at the Alliance, something I was immediately was struck by was the way you use and balance color on the canvas. It's truly remarkable. Do you think that's something innate that you come by naturally, or is this a skill you've developed? I think it is innate, and I think my experience teaching helps me to express the things that I do that I don't know why I do. Um, And I've learned that when I'm doing a painting, I try to take in how our eyes see. If we're looking at something, we have peripheral vision and we're seeing uh, sky go from a bright blue to rain is coming. And I try to make all of those things happen across the entire painting. And I know you you tend to create somewhat related works in different series, and you've given them titles like Collage, Head and Heart, Disruptor, that's one of my favorites, Provinces, also one of my favorites, and Where the Lemon Tree Blooms, for example. Tell me about the different series um, that are represented in this exhibition and, and what the different series titles indicate about the natures of the works you create within them. Well, The Dunes is my oldest series. That was way long when I was doing only palette knife. And then I did boats, and they were all palette knife. See, that surprises me because you weren't even living in Florida then, were you? No, but I've been coming here since I was 14. Okay. So that all of that is part of my experience. Um, the work on paper started with a residency that I had in Truro, Massachusetts. I was there for a month, and I was working on paper. And at the end of the month, I had 24 framed pieces. So that was Peaked Hill. Then I came home. It went into Head and Heart because I realized I was using the knowledge 
of my head, you know, learned ways to paint and using it was also from my heart. Some things happen and you see something in it and you try to expand upon that. Then it turned into disruptor because I realized I was getting more energetic and the energy shown was getting to be more important to me. And it's that one thing that disrupts your eye that makes you wonder why I did that. Mm. That's disruptor. And um and then I went into wait and see, which uh, was a is a has um, lens flares, and it's about um, the fleeting moment that the viewer has that the, this is uh, your view only. When you see a lens flare, it's it from you. And um, what else have I done? I have some minimalist work, some florals. I've done some figures. Um, basically, I just have moved a lot. I want to try the new things. I yeah. see something I want to try and I just move on to it. But I do go back to things like I will always go back to dunes. It's evolved, but I'm always going to continue with that. And the boats seem to be something that a lot of people like. I feel like I have something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So you're not necessarily working on these series chronologically. Um, you might have pieces from different series all going simultaneously in your studio. Correct. Okay, okay. Bouncing around. And then it, to get ready for this show, I pretty much went over every single thing and fixed the things I wasn't happy with and um, added more to the works on paper that are now resin um, before I resin put resin on them and added more texture, more energy, more focal point to draw the eye in. So there's a bit of a retrospective quality to this exhibition. That's what I call it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You've hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> right. And what draws you toward creating these beautiful landscape pieces that you've done? It, it seems like the subject matter in the landscape pieces, it, it gives you this advantageous way to blend realism with abstraction as well as composition and design. Um, Thank you. No, it. Um, I like to give my paintings order and the addition of a horizon – allows me, once you have that horizontal line, you read landscape. And having it read as landscape, then I can use any color I want. I could put orange on the bottom and purple on top, and you'd say, I see see a landscape. So it helps me to organize it, and then it forgives all the colors and the shapes that I might want to add. All right. I'm really curious about your background going back before you made the transition to full-time studio artist. You earned a BFA in surface pattern design and made that your career for about two decades. First of all, I want you to tell our listeners what surface pattern design is, because I have to confess I was not familiar with the term before I started preparing to talk to you today. And that really surprised me because it's part of this visual aesthetic that's part of every aspect of my life forever. (laughs) (laughs) Surface pattern design is anything printed or woven. So I started out designing um, dishes and shower curtains and went on to mostly wallpaper and fabric. And I worked for a company in Cleveland and then I was freelance for many years. And when I switched to painting, it actually has been very hard for me to get away from the all-over design that is surface pattern design. When you have wallpaper, it can't your your eye can't connect things. It needs to appear all over. Right. That type of design. So I 
have been working on this for the last 12 years to try to get rid of the all-over type of design and try to stop earlier and leave some of my sh- I, some of my shapes from breaking down to smaller shapes to adding to, connecting to other shapes. And I've been trying to simplify that, and I think you would see that in the Provinces series. Um, probably not as successful in the where the lemon trees bloom because I then t- do segment every of the round shapes and the distance and but you know that's from my work as a surface pattern designer. Were you always the artsy kid growing up? Hmm. I don't. I. I don't know the answer to that. I remember being um, nine years old, and I could draw a lion better every, than everyone. And I did the little lambs in the school, you know, programs and. And when I was in high school, I really enjoyed art. And before I went off to college, my art teacher said, what are, what are you going to study? And I said, oh, English and psychology. Mm. And she said, what? You need to call them up. And, and fortunately, I went to, I didn't, at that time, I didn't have to have a portfolio to get into college. And so I did, called them up and switched to art. And uh, every art class was an A, but the other things not not quite as successful. Okay, okay. I mean, were I mean, were you in a home where you had parents who were supportive of this artistic endeavor, or were they thinking more like, okay, do art, but get something well, with some security and some? I think you know. that's why I was in surface pattern design. Yeah. Is it is? Uh, I immediately got out of college and I had a job. So I think that they did probably push me a little towards something that would give me a job when I got out. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're just joining the show, we're joined in studio by Sarasota-based painter Kim McCannich. An exhibition of her work titled It Makes Me Wonder is now at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers, and that runs through January 27th. Again, if you'd like to comment on our conversation or engage with fellow listeners, find us on Facebook at WGCU Public Media, and on X, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. So 2012, you take the plunge and transition to full-time artist. What was going on in your art practice before that time? Like, were you always creating your own pieces in your spare time throughout your surface pattern design career? Um, I was doing interior design at the time. And uh, for me, when I know that I want to do something is when I'm actually jealous of the people who are doing it. Mm. And I thought... Why am I not doing the one thing, the one thing that I'm jealous for other people to do? And I started January 1st of that year uh, down in the basement, and I thought, I'm going to paint with my fingers. Because when I was in college in painting, I just, the brush, I always made a mess, and I didn't like to clean up, and I didn't wash my brushes, and I was terrible. And I thought, I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to paint with my fingers. I'll use gloves. I'll take them off. And then I, then, and you, you know, still don't like brushes. I still don't like brushes. <laughs> then I went to the palette knife, and mm. it solved a lot of problems for me. Um, now I try to mix in a brush or two, and I see that I, that I need it. Mm-hmm. And so now you see that I'm not just doing palette knife or fingers or brush, but I'm also mixing in um, colored pencils and ink. And all of my paintings are now, I'm seeing them all kind of come together, not just the work on paper that uses all those 
tools and supplies, it's now becoming even the work on canvas where I'm drawing a little. I really do like the palette knife because you can draw with it. You Mm. can remove with it. You can add with it. um, You can get crisp straight lines you can there's it's a tool and it's and if you use it properly it can really be very effective all right i'm going to come back to this in a minute but making that transition was it kind of scary fun i mean because you're losing that security that you had with the other job but you're, you're doing something that you love so much more and kind of paving your own path fortunately the people in my life support me and know that I am a very happy person with a few things in my life, my horseback riding, my painting. Those are the two things that I love to do and would like to do every single day. All right. All right. And, you know, you've talked about how the background with surface pattern design created some challenges in terms of things you had to unlearn. But were there advantages to that background when it came to becoming a full-time studio artist, maybe like the business side of it. I, I would, that's what I was going to say. It's, okay. it's the business side. Understanding that this isn't just um, in my studio creating every day. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of it that I really enjoy. I love photo- photographing my work. I like writing about my work. That's an ongoing, you know, every few months everything needs to be redone and how I th- I'm not the same artist the next day as I was, you know, tomorrow is yesterday. And so things in your mind change. Yeah. All right. And, um, you know, I, I know you've been coming to Southwest Florida, as you said, specifically to Longboat Key since like your early teen years. But what prompted you to, you know, move here full time? Uh, we came down for six months thinking we're going to live like we were on vacation, mm-hmm. and COVID came, and at the end of that, we really feel comfortable here. Um, there, you couldn't complain about the weather. Yeah. And uh, the sun is just a very happy thing. Yeah. 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 No, we're very happy here. And, and the Dune series, um, you know, clearly, you know, inspired by even visiting here when you were younger before you moved here. I'm curious about other landscape works and series like the Lemon Tree series. Is that inspired by some other place you've lived? Uh, no. Um, the, the Dune series has a lot to do with my residencies in Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one for a month, and then the second one was in a dune shack, very secluded, on the beach, by myself. It was one of the best experiences of my life, living in a this-size room for two weeks. Yes. <laughs> so that was that's dunes. But the uh, where the lemon trees bloom is from uh, Goethe was a uh, potent statesman in Germany, and he inspired many composers, Mozart being one, and he wrote, Do You Know the Land Where the Lemon Trees Bloom? And I thought that was very, very, uh, you can imagine it. It evokes, you know, the South, you know. So these are all my own, I don't start out with any reference, this is my own expression of Do You Know the Land Where the Lemon Trees Bloom? They're they're happy. Um, color color's the most important thing of them, but they, again, invite the viewer in to a world where they can, in turn, put their own experience and connect. 
All right. I want to talk about the Provinces series well, as well, because you've included a, a number of those pieces in the exhibition. You kind of notice them right away because it's a stark contrast from your other work in terms of how you employ color. But also, because of our shared Pittsburgh connection, it, it kind of reminded me of, and again, I don't know what it looks like now. I haven't been back to Pittsburgh in years, but like the Strip District area where it's kind of industrial, kind of like a dilapidated warehouses. It kind of had that, that, that's what it was indicative of to me. Well, thank you. Mm. Um, it is like where the lemon trees bloom, but more architectural. Okay. And I wanted the the lines, the hardness, and I wanted to use the architecture to simplify my compositions. When I say that I try to get away from the surface pattern design and the all, you know, all over design, I was I'm using the architecture to help me keep those planes and the juxtaposition of the planes uh, more important. And, you know, t some of them are tumbling, you know, where you're, you, and you're not certain if one plane is connected to this building or that building, um, just to give you a little way to think about it as your eye moves around the whole painting. Yeah, playing with perspective. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to delve a bit into your creative process. When you're starting a new work, do you have a clear idea in mind of what the finished product is going to be before you get started? No. No. And especially the works on paper. They may live as pink and orange for three days and then we need blue and something else happens. And I keep adding with the ink, the acrylic, the oil, char charcoal, whatever I pick up t until I see something. I see, you know, I see some connection of this to that or some movement that's happening that I want to enhance. And then I keep, keep going on it. It might take, it might take months before I go back to it and I see exactly what I want to do. All right. And this is one of my favorite questions to ask any visual artist. How do you know when a piece is complete? Well, I, I, everybody asks that. Yeah. Uh, for me, when the last move I make oh, ruins it. And it takes me four <laughs> tries to get, if I say, oh, if I could just get it back to where it was, uh, I'm not going to do anything more. So if it takes me four tries, eight tries of of the hand to get it back to where it was, and then I know it is time to stop. Well, and, you know, before we, you know, were live on the air and just chatting in the room, you had talked about how some of these pieces in the exhibition, um, even though you had maybe made them years before, you had kind of gone through and maybe tinkered with them a little. So would it be fair to say that as long as it's in your possession, it might never be done? <laughs> yes, and that is the opposite of what I tell all of my friends, and they're listening. I always say, stop going back into it. Just move on to the next one. That one led you to the next one. Keep going. But no, if it's in my possession, everything. Well, I grow. I know better, yes. yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> A number of works in this exhibition are painted on Belgian linen. And I'm curious about what, what's special about Belgian linen. Is there an artistic reason that you, you use this beyond the, you know, carbon neutral zero waste method and how the flax is grown and how it's weaved? It, well, it is an excellent substrate. It is stronger. While it does uh, expand and contract, it is it has a nice texture. I build all of my own canvases 
Uh, I'm not a fan of purchased white, you know. And it's really nice in the provinces is that I can leave some of that Belgian linen alone yeah. and that have that natural. And I like the edges to be natural as well. Yeah. I like it. Well, let's talk about the title of the exhibition. It makes me wonder, why did you choose that? Um, it makes – I usually pick a title that has more than one meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me wonder what you think when you look at it. It makes me wonder which which series people like. Uh, it makes me wonder what I'm going to do with it next. Uh, makes me wonder where it's going to lead me uh, every day. Really, every day I'm different than the day before. So it makes me wonder what what this could lead to. All right. And, you know, in that spirit of curiosity, you know, not just about yourself, but about how, you know, viewers are going to experience or engage with your work. Is that something you're conscientious of when you're creating in your studio space? Like that someone's going to see this, this is going to be on a wall, or, or do you tend to just have to push that out of your mind while you're um, creating? No, um, creating art is a very selfish act. Uh, I do it only for me, and any decisions I make are because I've. If I think something once, I'm probably going to think it again. So I might as well just go ahead and do what I'm the question, what I'm questioning, and. Um, it's very nice that I got this opportunity to have everything hung on the walls and I get to see all of my work together. And it's very satisfying to see that they that they relate to each other, yes. that they speak to each other. I have many people say they all look so different, but I, when I look at them, I can see that they all do look like me. Well, you have that insider experience. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what do you think about while you're painting? Are you are you laser focused on the canvas before you, or can you kind of get into like a meditative like trance and just kind of let your thoughts wander wherever they're going to go? You have to let your thoughts wander wherever wherever you want. You know, it's um every movement of the hand is unique, and there you have to work as if there are no mistakes. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then you go and you fix it. You you fix your mistake. But it's all very um, – you have to be free. All right. Well, I, I mentioned in my introduction you do a lot of teaching and demonstrations, particularly on you know techniques with the palette knife. What would you say to somebody like me who finds it intriguing but is like, oh, this is messy. It doesn't seem like it's not forgiving. Um I would say you should take a class from me. I I know I think that I there's more than one way to skin a cat and we all don't need to paint the same way and I don't teach people to paint just like me. I teach people to paint and develop their own way of doing it. It is just a tool and you can use it however you want. Wonderful. Well, that is all the time we have for today's show, but I want to thank my guest. I've been speaking with Sarasota-based artist Kim McCannich. A solo exhibition of her work titled It Makes Me Wonder is now in the main gallery of the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers through January 27th. For details, visit artinlee.org. Or to see even more works and learn more about the artist, visit kimmccannich.com. Kim, thanks so much for taking the time, sharing your work, your story, and your insights with our listeners. Thank you very much. 
If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org GCL, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM.